are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. No, I don't have any update on what happened at the Final Four Rose Ceremony last night. But we are going to talk a little bit more about Love is Blind, some things about the show, some things on how I'm going to compare it to Bachelor, Married at First Sight, stuff like that, and an update for you that I have in regards to Love is Blind. And I'm not sure if a lot of people are going to like it. (laughs) We'll see. And then uh, I just want to end real quick touching on today what I brought up yesterday in regards to the United Airlines flight attendant and what happened with Jesse James Decker's sister. And we'll get to that momentarily. First off, nothing new to report in regards to charity season with The Bachelorette. As you know, Final Four rose ceremony last night in Los Angeles. I don't know who's been eliminated just yet. I don't know where they're headed just yet for overnight dates and final rose ceremony. The second I do, I will tweet it out and put it on my Instagram story. Hopefully, I will find that out in the next day or two. But as of right now, nothing new to report there. You just know who your final four are. It's on my Instagram feed. It is in my Twitter. And, you know, it went Xavier, then Joey, then Aaron, then Doton. That was the order of the hometown dates. So when I know something, you will know something. So I wanted to spend a good portion of today's podcast talking about Love is Blind because I know a lot of you watch the show. I know a lot of you are into the drama of the show. You've watched, you know, maybe you've watched all four seasons. Maybe you've only watched a couple. But as I've told you, especially if you heard yesterday's podcast, I haven't seen the show. I'm aware of what it is. I'm aware of what happened Sunday night on Netflix, and I hear things about the contestants and whatnot, and I hear about interviews they do on other podcasts and what they said and whatnot. But um, last night I decided, you know what, let me dive into this and let me actually witness it. So last night I sat down and I watched the first episode of season four, the one that just had the reunion. And then I skimmed a few of the other episodes because, you know, when you fast forward on Netflix at the bottom of the screen, you can see the picture just moving fast. So I was just kind of looking for things that I wanted to see. I wanted to see the engagements. I wanted to see the first meets of these couples. And, (laughs) you know, I don't look, I get it. Everyone's got their likes. Everyone's got their dislikes. For me, I just wasn't into it. And I know you're going to say, Steve, you literally watched one episode. Yeah, I did. And I was bored as fuck. (laughs) I really was. Maybe it's the fact that I'm so used to The Bachelor and I'm so used to people actually, you know, going on a date. Even if that date is to a cowboy saloon or walking around a park. At least it's two people interacting and talking on a date. I think a while ago, maybe I told you this, maybe I didn't. I remember one season I started watching The Circle. I think it was season two. 
And two episodes in, I was like, I can't take this anymore. It's literally too much work for me to read my television screen for an hour every episode. Because all it was is people texting back and forth or writing on the giant screens, you know. And that's all Love is Blind is, at least in those first few episodes. It's just without the writing. It's just two people talking. And it's so much talking. <laughs> like, So when I was watching it, I had already Googled and pulled up the Wikipedia for season four. So I wanted to know, I wanted to be spoiled because I knew I wasn't. After about 30 minutes, I was like, there's no way I'm watching all 13 episodes of this season. I'm sorry. The show just doesn't do it for me. But I wanted to know who initially got engaged and who ended up getting married. So I was well aware of what was going on. But here's what I can tell you that one of the reasons why I didn't like it and I wasn't too fond of it is just from what I understand, the pod stuff takes place over a matter of about 10 days. And I just think these people, just like anybody else on reality TV, I think they're all acting and I think they're all embellishing. Like, I, I I had to listen to Kwame sit there with Chelsea on the other side of the wall. And this is before Micah told Kwame, who was about to get engaged to Micah. This is before Micah told him, hey, I want to see somebody else. I don't think we're each other's partners. Kwame's having this rela- this conversation with Chelsea, and they're talking about... When they finally have sex, we're not going to have sex. We're going to make love. Our souls are going to connect. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so cheesy. This is so corny. And I feel like these people are embellishing everything because they can't see them. And they're so desperate to get a connection with somebody that they have to basically just agree with everything they fucking say. (laughs) Like, like, man, I really love, uh, you know fly fishing in two degree weather oh my god i love that too like it just seems like everything is a oh yeah i love that as well because you're in that in that honeymoon phase of the relationship with all these and clearly these people want to last on the show and go farther and want to form a connection i just think they're exaggerating their connections and i i I say this about married at first sight and i understand that people from married at first sight still are married to this day. I know, you know, Jamie and Doug from season one still married to this day. But it's the same thing. Like, that doesn't mean it's normal. And that doesn't mean that that's not the exception to the rule. This is not a normal way to get engaged to somebody, having never laid eyes on them in your life. Like, it's just, you're only doing this because a television show is filming you. You wouldn't do this in your normal life. So it's no different than why I talk about the contestants on The Bachelor. I'm like, this isn't normal. Love is Blind is not normal. You can talk about it being a social experiment all you want. I think it's bizarre. And the first couple episodes are just boring. These people just talking to each other and agreeing with everything the other person says... Yes, I understand some people don't vibe with other people. And so I basically watched the whole first episode. And then I'm like, look, I just want to fast forward to when they meet. I just want to see what happens. 
or the engagement and the meet. So I saw the engagement of all the couples that did get engaged. Tiffany and Brett, Zach and well, Zach initially got engaged or uh, got engaged to Irina. Uh, Jackie and Marshall. Paul and Micah. And then Chelsea and Kwame and then Zach. Well, I didn't Zach and Bliss didn't get engaged in the pods. I know that that happened in Mexico. I didn't get to that part, but I saw him and get engaged to arena. And clearly they just weren't physically attracted to each other. And I'm well aware of what they said about each other. And I'm well aware that she's a, was a giant bitch on the show and had to apologize for the things that she said and the way she acted. But the first few episodes bored me to death. Well, the first episode bored me to death. 30 minutes in, I'm like, I just want to fast forward to when these people actually meet. I'm just so, and and every single and every single meet, same exact thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's you! It's you! Oh, I can't believe I can't believe we're actually here! I can't believe we're actually meeting! Oh my god! It's you! It's just like it, they all say the same thing. Oh my god! It's you! <laughs> like, really? That's what this show is? No, I and yes, I understand. Once they get to the engagement. Then they go to Mexico, and then they move in together, all that stuff. I get it. Maybe I'm missing stuff there. But just the initial premise of the show is utterly ridiculous and stupid, just like Married at First Sight is. You're not marrying somebody in real life. You're not going to marry somebody that you've never looked at and never spoken to in your life. That's just stupid. And if you happen to work out, it's luck. That's all it is. Plain luck. Because if that were the case... Why don't anybody of you listening right now that are single go to the bar this weekend and just find a guy, marry him because that's what married at first sight is. Just, you just find some guy that you find it. You can't even say find attractive because people don't even know what the other person looks like on married at first sight, at least on love is blind. You've talked to the person, but <clears throat> again, like I said, listening to these people talk and I'm like, Kwame is all about Micah and Kwame is like, I'm all in. This is the one for me. I'm going to propose to her. And Mike is like, yeah, I think we should see other people. And then what, how many days later is he proposing to Chelsea? You know, it's like this isn't real, just like The Bachelor isn't real. But at least The Bachelor is, <clears throat> I don't know, entertaining. <laughs> they actually go on real dates. I, I just. And yes, I understand half the season is in Mexico and then you get to see them outside of the pods and stuff, but. It just didn't, it just doesn't draw me in. I don't think I have any any interest in watching season five when it eventually comes out. I'll follow it. I'm sure I'll see the names pop up on all the entertainment sites, but I don't know. I just this is what all the hype was about. I was bored senseless watching that first episode and just watching a bunch of people talk to each other. I don't know. I, it, look, different strokes for different folks. If you like it, you like it. I personally didn't. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences 
each day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And you know this thing that we've had, what's the biggest, one of the biggest complaints that we get from bachelor fans when talking about the show is oh we get so much drama we don't want to hear about the drama we want to hear we want to see a love story you know forget the drama but you know your love story on the bachelor or the bachelorette is somebody getting engaged at the end of seven weeks of filming where you've spent a total of three to four days with somebody in married at first sight the quote-unquote love story starts at the very beginning where two people are getting married, having never spoken to or seen each other until the woman is walking down the aisle. And then in Love is Blind, you're getting engaged to someone you've never laid your eyes on. So what are people really interested in in these shows? It seems to me, just based on everything that happened Sunday night in the reunion show, just like Bachelor fans claim they want love stories, but then if the season is full of drama, they claim that, oh, I'm sick of the drama. But if a season has no drama, you're like, this was boring. It's the same thing. It seems to me that the fans of Love is Blind love the breakups and the gossip and who hooked up with who after they broke up with somebody or this person changed their mind and they went to somebody else or the shit talking between the contestants and the women didn't like each other, and they're saying this about the other one. Like, it seems like it's all the same. Everybody complains they don't like the drama, except when there's drama, that's all you're talking about. There's nothing but drama stemming from the Love is Blind reunion show on Sunday. And that's all. People are eating it up. You know? I I don't understand, once again, people and their complaints about reality TV dating shows. You absolutely love the drama. You absolutely love the gossip. You absolutely want to know dirt about contestants. I hear it all the time. Why do you think people get mad at me when I say I heard some negative stuff about a contestant, but I don't release it? Well, then don't tell us. Well, what does it matter? If you don't care about it, you wouldn't care to know. That's what I'm saying. It's like you get to a point, especially in the Bachelor franchise, where you know there's negative information about the men and women on this show. I've heard quite a few things about some of Charity's guys this season. But once again, it's like, what's the extent of it? And for the longest time, I just reported everything I heard. And I would report it and be the messenger. And then I would get crucified for just reporting it. So now my standard has pretty much become if this person's behavior is a danger to the lead and they don't know about it during filming or is a danger to somebody else if we happen to be talking about paradise or it is some really, really bad F-boy behavior. 
But again, it's still not going to come from me. It's going to come from someone who wants to put their name behind it. I am working on somebody that has come to me this season about one of Charity's guys. They say they want to put their name behind it, and we'll see. That's all I can say at this point. We'll see, because I've had people say that before and then just say, you know what, I'd rather not. I know this fan base is is rather rabid, and I don't know if I want to deal with that. Because I've already told them, I said, look, just know what you're getting into. If you want to go down this road and if you want to share this information, just know what you're getting into. And we're just kind of in a wait-and-see mode right now. The season doesn't start till June 26th. we got plenty of time. You don't need to hear about this in April. We'll see how things go. But there is somebody laying in the weeds right now uh, about one of Charity's guys. And I've messaged with them numerous times. So we'll we'll see where that goes. But what I'm saying is, like I said, I'm not going to ever bring anybody and throw negative information about a contestant out unless somebody comes to me with it, just like Kelsey did last year, just like Beth did with Aaron, Kelsey did with uh, Nate Mitchell, and that was it. That's really been it in the last three years, two years, so covering five or six seasons. And, and that's, you know, and to me, it has to be, you know, not – it all depends. It's a case-by-case basis. Not everything is the same. If somebody is an absolute threat, if there's emotional, physical, mental abuse, something like that, that's definitely something that I think needs to come to the forefront. But that person knows if you do that, there will be a certain faction of the audience, namely the people that like that contestant, who are going to jump down that person's throat and say, why are you saying this? Shut up. This isn't true. You're just trying to ruin his or her life. And they won't be believed. And in this day and age, you won't be believed unless you provide receipts of things. So that's the other thing. It's one thing to say things. It's also things to show receipts. And that's where we're at. And we'll see if it comes to the forefront on charity season. Not sure yet. We got time. And finally, just wanted to uh, give a couple extra thoughts in regards to the United Airlines flight attendant that uh, made Jesse James Decker's sister pick up the popcorn after uh, the two-year-old spilled it. And about five of you reached out to me yesterday and all sided with the uh, airline and all sided with United Airlines and didn't agree with with what I said, which is fine, um, but you just... You know, it didn't change my mind on anything. I just I don't understand why someone who is in the service industry, their first reaction to somebody whose two year old kid spilled popcorn isn't like, oh, ma'am, don't worry, I'll, I'll get that for you. I'll pick that, you know, we'll pick that up. Or if anything, not even say anything. In case you didn't know, at the end of every flight, everybody deplanes and they clean it. As I said yesterday, if this was a full plate of food that fell on the ground, if this was a dirty diaper that fell on the ground, if they brought some salmon on the plane and, they, and it fell on the ground and they just left it there, then, yes, absolutely, the person should pick it up. Or if the child in question took the popcorn bag and just threw it in the air. But that's not what happened. 
a two-year-old was given a bag of popcorn by United Airlines and they ate it exactly like a two-year-old is expected to eat a popcorn bag and it dribbled on the floor. So I just don't understand why a flight attendant's first reaction is, ma'am, here's a bag and here's a wet wipe. Pick that up. I'm guessing Sydney Ray goes to a restaurant with her kids quite a bit, five-year-old and a two-year-old. When Sydney and her kids go to a restaurant, I'm guessing probably every time they go out to eat, food will end up on the table or under the table because she's eating with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, right? Does the restaurant come to her and say, ma'am, clean that up under your table. Please get under the table at your booth here and clean up the food that your kids spilled. No. So why would a flight attendant make her do popcorn? It doesn't make any sense to me. Hell, me as an adult, if I go to a restaurant and I accidentally knock over my water on the table, does my waiter or waitress come to me, throw me a rag and say, clean that up? <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with, you know, entitlement or whatever. It's just you're in the service industry. That's their job to clean stuff up. I, I These people coming at me with, you know, moms pick up after their kids all the time. Look, like I said, if the kid purposely was throwing popcorn all over the place or threw the bag in the air, then absolutely, I think the parents would be like, oh, my God, I need to pick this up. But for all we know, Sydney Ray sitting next to her kid didn't even realize it was falling all over the place, you know? And even if she did, my whole point being, number one, she's pregnant. Why would you even begin to ask a 22-week-old, a 22-week pregnant woman to do that? And number two, it's popcorn. What is the down? What is the, what is the positive about having her do it? You can't go a whole flight with a with fifteen twenty popcorn kernels on the ground, like that's gonna somehow disrupt the whole flight. Like I said, if it was a whole plate of food, if it was a dirty diaper, if it was fish, tuna, salmon, something along those lines, yes. Pick it up because you don't want it smelling or causing a stench the whole flight. It's popcorn. It's okay if popcorn sits on the ground for the whole flight and then when everybody deplanes, they clean it up. That's why I just didn't think that this was that big of a deal where a flight attendant had to go to the person, a pregnant woman, mind you, and said, here's a bag, get on your knees and pick this up. Like, that's just rude. And yesterday when I was talking about it, I said, you know, in the service industry, the customer is always right. That's the mantra. I'm very well aware the customer isn't always right. But if you've worked in the restaurant industry, I did briefly a long time ago. Even if you're working on a table and you know the customer is wrong, the mantra is you have to act like they're right because you don't want to come across as a complete dick. You, as the restaurant, have to take, have to basically bite your lip on things. Yes, you know in the back of your mind they aren't right, but you have to stick by the mantra that the customer is right and you have to cater to them, even though they are wrong. So, in this situation, 
it's just something as little as popcorn. That's why I'm just shocked that the flight attendant asked her to do that. Like, what what is wrong with leaving popcorn on the ground for a whole flight and having it cleaned at the end? If someone can answer that question, maybe I'll listen to your argument, but I don't see the big deal about popcorn on the ground. Are you really going to complain? Oh, the aesthetic of my flight wasn't great because there was popcorn on the ground. Literally, it would maybe only affect two rows because you have to look at it. I don't know. It's just, it's so minor. It's so minor. And yes, I think in this case, the fact that the United did give the kid popcorn and then the kid spilled it, a two-year-old spilled it. It's like, what did you expect when you gave a two-year-old popcorn? Here, two-year-old, here's a bag of popcorn. Oh, now it's on the ground. Mom, pick that up. Like I said, it wouldn't happen at a restaurant with a kid or an adult. Last time, and I've spilled stuff. I absolutely have knocked over a drink or tipped over my plate accidentally as an adult at a restaurant. You know, my my elbow knocks it and something falls over. Never in the history of restaurants has the waiter or waitress come to me and given me the rag and said, yeah, here you go, clean that up. <laughs> So if they don't do that, why would a flight attendant do that on an airplane when it's just popcorn on the ground and you're telling a 22-week pregnant woman to get on her knees with a bag and some wet wipes to pick it up? <laughs> you're never going to convince me that that was the right thing to do. I'm sorry. Sorry. Now, if we hear something different about the details of what went down, then it comes becomes a completely different story. But the details that we have right now are United gave the kid the popcorn. The kid ate the popcorn. And while he ate it or she ate it like a two-year-old would, it's going to spill. And there were kernels on the ground. Popcorn was on the ground. Great. And the flight attendant told the mother to pick it up. The mother is already dealing on a flight with a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And you're making her do this. I, I just I don't understand the mindset. Why a flight attendant's first reaction to popcorn on the ground is you clean this up, mom. Makes no sense. So that's where I stand. Um, I know probably some people disagree with me, but I, I haven't heard a good argument yet uh, as to why it had to absolutely be done in that moment. It's fucking popcorn. Let's get over it. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. And we will have the Sports Daily up for you in about an hour from now. So look for that. So, again, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.